This is exactly right. I'm Babs Gray, and I hope that right now you're in the CVS line purchasing discounted Valentine's candy like the warrior that you are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Brandy Posey, and Valentine's Day could really use a Krampus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Tess Barker, and I prefer flowers to chocolate because I've never eaten an entire box of flowers just to get them out of my house. (laughs) And this is Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. Everybody, hello to all of our Valentines, which are you, Hubba Hubba, mm. Happy VD, everybody. Oh, oh boy! Did you guys so when you took health classes in high school? Was it called VD or STDs? Um, I don't think they admitted that they existed because I grew up in Salt Lake City. So. Oh, <laughs> you're fair. Yes, fair. fair, fair yeah, fair. I don't think anyone That's had. Cool. Gen- we just had a Ken doll, basically. You know, what? this is there. a bigger conversation, but I'm not sure. Like, my sex ed was taught by like kind of a creepy older guy, and I don't know. I- I'm not not advocating for health for sex ed in schools, but I don't know that it's always a great thing. I don't yeah. think that it needed to be required to be taught by that guy all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He, vo- he volunteered for that job, for sure. Exactly. We had, we had an old an old uh, Canadian man that taught us. And I remember when they showed the birth video, which is a woman giving birth, we, he did not tell us about the placenta. So then he just went, the baby came out and he goes, wait. And then, and then he... <laughs> He gave it a wait for it. Yeah. The placenta came out and we all screamed and then he just laughed. Hey, that's so mean. Wait. 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 <laughs> wow. Oh, that was funny. Speaking of rebirth, I don't have anything good, but we just had our very first uh, Zoom show that we're doing and we've got another one coming up. We're doing it first Sundays of every month, so the next one is March 6th. So come hang out with us. Get tickets at ladysunday.eventbrite.com. You can get VIP tickets to hang out with us. You can get tickets for the whole year, or you can get a ticket for yourself to just hang out and get your month started off right for us. So, yeah. Absolutely. And if you're a patron, you get 30% off all tickets. So uh, if you've been looking to, for, to subscribe over there, go do it. Come oh, my by. God. Also, shout out. We should shout these out. Um, oh my oh gosh. Yeah. Oh, we got amazing. amazing. One of our listeners has a business called Canned Olee, and he sent us these beautiful hand poured mm-hmm. candles in San, from San Francisco. They are so, I love these so much because, like, you know, some candles can just be really overwhelming with yeah. the smell. The smell these are like perfect. They, it's the they exact, are. What scents exact did you guys right. get? I got a cinnamon and then I got two sh- skull candles. Oh, oh cute. Kind of I feel like he really yeah. like thought about the what he sent to each of us. Yeah, he really yeah. did. Sweet. What did you get, Babs? I got Berry Bliss and a coconut hibiscus that's literally just like smells like Hawaii. It's so oh nice. Oh, God. Heaven. Nice. What did you get? I got fresh cut roses and champagne toast. Oh, cute. Oh, yeah. Delicious. Very much. Y- y- you nailed it, Candelia. Yes. Thank you. So, so thank please you. Please go check out their stuff. That was so 
really thoughtful and, and great quality candles. Yes. Yeah, very, very sweet. God, so. I love candles. I think a lot about how much I just love candles. That's what he, like, oh, he, yeah, he sent a very sweet sweet message just being like, I know you guys all like this. So <laughs> <laughs> Very Thanks nice. Thanks for getting it. <laughs> um. Oh. Who Let's else gets get to it? our who Please. Are our it's guest. a fun episode today. She's a, like a legendary LA comic. She's run one of the longest running like alternative comedy shows in Los Angeles called Uncabaret, which is still around. They're doing Zoom shows right now, but you know, they'll come back and do live shows soon. She has a new audiobook that just came out. It's called So You Need to Decide. And she basically just talks about like, you know, the art of decision making. And she talks with a lot of amazing comics and comedians, Bob Odenkirk, Margaret Cho, all these great people about just kind of like the process behind decision making and and all that. So let's get her on. Beth Lapidus. Oh, my God. So let's say hello to our guest, everybody. It's Beth Lapidus. Hi. Hi. <laughs> thanks for <laughs> thanks so much us. for having me. Of course, this is it's very exciting, and congratulations uh, on your new book. Thank oh my you. gosh, how did it feel finishing a project? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right we're all we all have like the ongoing thing that will never be completed. Um, yeah, yeah. It felt. Gr- I mean, it feels like there's not a definitive moment. Though maybe now that I'm actually out and people are reading it or listening to it, in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels good to have a thing that's a thing that's done. and But is it the day you finish recording it? Is it the day that the editor, where you're not even there, finishes putting it together? Oh, it's done. Oh, is it the day? I guess it's release day. I guess it was January 18th. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I think it's the day the emails stop. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, then I have not there yet. <laughs> so, yeah, your so book feels... Yeah, it's all about uh, creativity and and just sort of life stuff and spirituality and how those things kind of intersect. What was the impetus for starting this book? Well, first, I was I wanted to honestly first my agent said I think we could sell you doing an original audio book. That's a new thing, and I'm always attracted to new media. And I thought that's interesting, original audio book. And then it was like, well what would it be? You know, it was like, sort of like, wow, that's, so I knew I wanted to have conversations with people and I knew I wanted to write and I knew I wanted to make it sort of a, you know, those two things back and forth. And I sort of like, you know, in that thing of like, you're just open. And then this word decision, decide, it was a couple of years. So it was uh, before the election, the last election and the word decision, you know, it's always like decision 2020. (laughs) And I thought that that's, I'm attracted to that word. I'm attracted to the word. And then that was how it happened. You know, I was attracted to the word. And was there anything that surprised you in putting this book together and talking to people? So many things. Um, well, there were so many particular stories that were surprising and wonderful. And when we started, I had a bunch of, in the book now, as you said, there's like work stories and love and family and spirituality and moving. I also thought there would be stories about friendship. And I thought there would be stories about buying stuff. And like, no, I think the thing about friendship is that when it ends and you make that, it's so painful and it's so untalked about and Mm -hmm. it's so private. It was funny to me that it was such a taboo topic. People were just like, "Mm -mm, nope. Ah, Oh, gosh, no. (laughs) Um, 
so you know it was interesting you know it was enough we i mean there was so much too much anyway so it was fine and i thought people would have interesting we spend so much time like figuring out which bed to buy and you know which mm-hmm. phone and how to you know get the hair thing i don't know it just seems like we're such a consumer culture people would have had and that also led to nothing i it was sort of two sides of the coin because i was so happy that nobody wanted to tell stories about shopping it was like that's nice that's really actually good <laughs> i like the idea of being like would you like to talk about uh your spirituality or your shopping habits yeah like most people would like to flatter themselves with being like spirituality because if i tell you all the things i buy i don't want to tell people telling people the things that you buy at your darkest moments i think are also it's more intimate than talking about your god i, I think right. so maybe or maybe like it's interesting <laughs> when you're in it and then once it's over it's like it's like sex it's like it, mm-hmm. you're doing it and it seems fascinating and then afterwards it's like really what is there to say i mean <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well yeah it is just so like when i think of decision making i do think of shopping for sure because you're right like i'll obsess over i'll get uh, this idea in my head that there's one thing i need and then i'll compare prices and i'll yeah. look at this and that and i'll take for fucking ever and then i'll literally be like don't i won't give a shit i'll yeah. have it and i'm like oh okay well now it, it's here yeah now care. it's here yeah it's over <laughs> it's so over once it's happened yeah and maybe maybe the thing is who you are when you're deciding to buy stuff it's like you're really weighing like fine and money is of course i think mm-hmm. i did a talk show once that was um the idea it, it was like a conversational talk show and we had uh, Mike Mills of REM and Scott Thompson of Kids in the Hall and what it was like to be one member of a... And it was all about money and it seems so like taboo to talk about like mm-hmm. the reason we stayed together was money. The reason we broke up was there wasn't enough money. And I think money is still such a like, shh, don't talk about money. Yes. And I feel like maybe the shopping stuff and buying stuff is so plugged into like, well, of course I would buy the nicer thing, but do I have enough money to do it? And Or I'm cheap or I'm... A, I don't know. I think it might be that. And I think it might be also kind of boring, you know. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know. Well, I read Wirecutter and what they said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting because I feel like I'm the opposite kind of shopper. And I, maybe it's because I want to avoid all of that. But I like to a fault will just buy like the first or second thing I see. Oh, really? Yeah. Like my wedding dress was the second one I tried on. I was like, great. Let's Wh- go. Yep. Like, Maybe you just have really great instincts. Maybe your think, instincts just lead you to the proper thing. Like, amazingly. Do you think that is it? I think that's part of it for sure. And also, I'm kind of like indecisive in that way. Like, once I find something I like, I don't necessarily feel like I need to keep looking. I'm like, if I know yeah. it, it's like, yeah, right, this is good. Of course. Good enough. Yeah. You're like, don't look good, get in the way of the rest of my life. Exactly. And, and I don't, I find that so, I do find that stuff so tedious and boring. Like, I'm sure I'm wasting money not looking for the best deals on things, but like, I'd rather waste $10 and then have that half hour for you to go like watch oh, TV. For sure. There are so many times I'm like, yeah, my time is worth so much more than continuing to this es- escapade. Yeah. I find that the biggest issues come with it with things that are like, purchases that are big that are like furniture where you're like okay cool a couch is either three thousand dollars or if i really try to find one it's 600 but you have to put in a lot of time to find the 600 version but i'm like i can't spend this an insane amount of money on this so like you just have to 
But it's so frustrating because the difference in quality is like so big. And so then sometimes I just am like, never mind. I just want to have a couch. How about right? That? Oh yeah, no, <laughs> even for sure, <laughs> absolutely. Our fucking we we had to get rid of our couch because our cat peed on it, and like we've just been. We haven't had one, and I'm just like, I know we need to get one, but like, I just can't deal with putting in the energy. To do I know. It. <laughs> I, I once ordered a couch, and it arrived, and it was like, oh my god, it was so wrong and so awful. Ugh. And thank <laughs> God it was made badly enough that like, it was just so many bad decisions about this couch. Um, yeah, I've gotten <laughs> a few good. U- I mean, I have to say, I have scored a few uh, beautiful used couches, but that's a lot of work. Yeah, and you got to really, like, I, I, I tend to go that route where I try to be like, I'm just going to trust that the thing is going to come into my life, and I'll just hold out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. space for the couch. Yeah. Every time we <laughs> exactly. talk about couches, I have to talk about Babs's uh, previous roommate. Oh they had this couch, Beth. This couch, <laughs> this couch should have its name at the comedy store, okay? This couch, <laughs> this couch, Babs through like dozens and dozens of epic comedy parties that ended on this couch, okay? Oh, this, boy. And her old roommate, after like decades, Decades in this house, a decade in this house, tried to sell this couch, and as part of the selling point, said only one owner. So hard. I was like, we gave her, we always give her shit for that still, and she was like, I mean, yeah, cars say, and we're like. Honey, it's a couch. It's a couch that's had a thousand comedians on it. There's oh definitely God. beer and cum, and who knows what else is on this yeah. couch. All oh sorts God. of comedian fluids have been all over this thing. That's hilarious. Did you did you sell it? Was, did, were you able to? No, sell it? that went on the curb. <laughs> that went on the curb. Straight yeah. on the curb. Oh my God! Have you ever been in the situation where you have a truckload of things that you're moving from a storage unit? And you're going to stop it out of the closet to drop off a lot of it. And then they say we're full. And then you're like, oh, oh, yeah. I had that happen with a couch once. And I was like, they were like, "Mm, I don't Mm. think we're going to sell this. And I was like, I guess I'll just take it. I guess I'll just put it back in my pocket. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so- I'm sorry. Is, is there? A- I don't know where you to the dump. Right. And then you call. You know, just put it out in the curb, and then it got like slowly dismantled over the course of the week before it got actually picked up. Oh my god! But the I sh- the, this talk show I was saying that we did was called the couch, and the opening sequence was like shots of couches just on the street, just on the street. <laughs> <laughs> It's just those couches. Oh my god, the stories! You just every time I see one, I'm like, "Mm." it's it. Well, it's hard because you also just watch it decompose in front of you because the the cushions get taken away and like Mm -hmm. it gets picked on, then it'll get spray painted, and somebody will pee on it. Maybe it gets caught on fire at some point. You're like, ah, that was a a living breathing couch at one point. Yeah, it (laughs) could have bones. I will say, and this is just a whatever curmudgeonly thing but it's very easy in los angeles at least to get your shit picked up from the curb all you have to do is call them and they'll come get it and so many people don't oh i know just call the thing just call it doesn't have to be out there decomposing on the sidewalk just give it a week (laughs) yes i have to say also i've put out a lot of stuff and it's all gone Mm -hmm. and i've i've gotten a few treasured items that other people oh yeah oh i mean for sure the street giveth and the street taketh away (laughs) (laughs) that is 
that's I would love to see that on a poster. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm gonna knit that on a pillow, then put it outside and see. Yeah, the that's definitely a crochet to put on the street. <laughs> I love it. I once found I had a new, I was in New York, living in New York, and I had a loft bed, and I was trying to figure out the ladder for the loft bed, which is very flummoxing. And literally, I found the perfect ladder on the street. I mean, wow. how? Yeah. Oh, see, I'll that's fate. That. That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 Was, there's, there's like street manifestation that I think we can all do. Like, wow. You like, guys, I'm going to find think. it. If I've ever oh, found yeah, anything good on the, the mirror. Street. Yeah. A mirror? I one day, like, I need a bigger mirror. I just need a mm-hmm. bigger mirror. And I took a walk and I was like, oh, there you go. Thanks. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how <laughs> my mirror, my mirror is same thing. It's a, it was a street, it was a street thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mia, actually, me and Brandy were walking the other morning. We <laughs> we saw like a mirror on the sidewalk. We were both like, mm. Mm. <laughs> but we're yeah. close enough. We're close enough to a car, and I was like, she was like, "What streets is on?" I'm like, "It will be gone by the time." <laughs> yeah, that's a hot <laughs> item. It's gonna be gone. That's Tess, you've never gotten anything off the street. I know one thing. We found that one golden skull thing for Brandy. Brandy's. Yeah. yeah. On my doorstep that I love think. and is sitting next to me right now. It has a, it has a bunny tree on it. It's, it's yeah, really it's like cute. a it's like a side table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I feel like when was I was great. living in Boston, my friends and I found this cool thing that must have been like in an old Italian restaurant. It was like this giant framed picture of Venice that had dried flowers like underneath the glass. Oh, wow, that's, cool. that's probably the coolest that's thing. But yeah, oh my god, I have artwork, plenty of artwork from the street. <laughs> I remember, I have. Oh boy, whatever. Um, I took chairs once that I thought were on the street, but then I realized they were just for the restaurant. <laughs> Wait, are those the ones from when we were in Palm Springs? <laughs> no, no, no. Those were someone's. Those were actually out. Okay. Said, like free, <laughs> but no, the, the ones I took are from Little Dom's. Like, <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I took it was like t- literally f- uh, forever ago, but I remember seeing them outside, and I was like, "Oh, someone must just be getting rid of those." And then, like next time I drove by Little Dom's, there were all the same chairs out for people <laughs> oh, to eat dinner. Oh my god! And I was like, "Well, I just took those." <laughs> Who just left these bistro tables outside this Italian restaurant? <laughs> Didn't chain it down, so I guess oh, it must you're be that way. That's the beach. Away. Who left all these chairs out here on the beach? <laughs> Whose shoes and keys are these? I wish I wish we could apply beach karma to the rest of our lives because nobody goes through your shit at the beach. Ever, there's an understanding that when you are in the water, your stuff is safe. And just if we could just respect each other the way that we do at the beach in our everyday lives, I think we would all be doing a lot better. <laughs> Is there that understanding? Yeah, I got I, a personal one at the I, beach once. Oh, really? I, I don't never, have that understanding. <laughs> oh, I've I've always I've always felt that at the beach. I then mean, I'm sure it's true for you. It's true for you. It's true for me. Yeah, if you believe it, I think it's like I was thinking with like death. It's like whatever you think it is. Like if you think there's a heaven and it's really pretty and like there's white angels with wing, you know, yeah. Then sure. that's probably it. And if you think nothing, if you think you just disappear, well, that's probably what happens. Mm-hmm. Wow, this like, is this would solve a lot of problems if everyone thought like that. <laughs> There'd be a lot less, a lot less Twitter discourse if everyone was just like, yeah, you can think like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of Twitter discourse, I had a really dumb tweet go viral a couple of days ago, and it has well, been the most annoying of all my tweets. The tweet was so annoying. The tweet was real quick. Why are all movies three hours now? 
It was just yeah. a dumb complaint about oh, movies are too long. Oh boy! Oh, boy. We <laughs> oh, we have all the the future Francis Ford Coppola's up in my shit. We have people citing <laughs> Ben Hur. We have long essays on the importance of narrative filmmaking. The mansplaining happening in this thread. <laughs> It's like you fucking idiot. I'm aware of fucking Ben Hur. Like I'm aware. <laughs> it was the proto three hour movie. Hello. Yes. You didn't say yeah. why have three hour movies been invented now? Exactly. Yeah. Have I ever told you guys oh, that God. I watched um, Gone with the Wind uh, completely backwards, basically? Because it's I got. <laughs> so you from, watched the second half first. Yeah, because I got a DVD that was two sided, but it was just like silver on both sides. So I popped it in, and it just had like a menu. <laughs> <laughs> and it just started, and I was like, "Oh, this just." But I I know so much about it that I was like, "Oh, okay, I get what's happening." And then it ended, and I was like, "Wait, I thought this was like a really long movie." And then I flipped it, and I was like, "Oh, there's a whole other two hours." Well, and then and then I I didn't watch it, so I only know like, the second half. I don't need to watch this. It's like I know what happens. I don't care about the first half of Gone with the Wind. It's she's there's there's uh, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> It's Honestly. basically the story that would go into the opening song credits. It would be yeah. like that. W- jump in, just jump yeah. in. Yeah. Well, yeah, and because it, so that movie also came out with an intermission built into it, so it comes back with like it like has just like words that tell you what happened in the first half, basically. Oh, that's and true. I was like, oh, oh, okay. So we're just gonna gloss over the entire Civil War. Okay, cool. Yeah, Let's get into it. <laughs> It was not what I thought. I definitely <laughs> never saw that movie, and I feel like glad. Even You're as fine. a film major, I was like, "You're fine." I mean, I will say that uh, Clark Gable and Vivian Lee are pretty hot in it. Good costumes, yeah. um, but Gorgeous. like a pretty racist movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw That's it in college. I, and yeah. I, I used to sleep through movies in college all the time. Yeah, I think, and I just I saw it in college. You know, there's all these things that I've seen. That I feel I haven't seen, so I don't know whether I've seen it or not seen it. You know what? Yeah. I was a film major, but you know what I've never ever seen is Citizen Kane. Oh wow, wow. it's good. It's you. It's it, all right. You, it, it's one of those movies <laughs> that when you watch it, you're like, oh, oh, okay, that's where that comes. Oh, that's where that comes from. Oh, uh, okay. right. It's it's the same as like that's only a lot of references. Yeah, yeah. I just showed my boyfriend Casablanca for the first time the other mm. night. He'd never seen it, and that mm. that was he was like, oh. Oh, this is all from this movie. I was like, "Yeah, this is the reference. We're watching. Yeah. We're watching the reference. <laughs> this is the original movie. Everyone would annoy with quoting. Yeah, <laughs> did it hold up? Does it that hold one, up? That one actually does hold up. Yeah, yeah. Casablanca is yeah. one of my favorite movies. I watched that at least like once every it's couple also, years. It's crazy too because it was made in 1942. So like we didn't know that." the Germans were going to lose the war. So it's an interest. It's kind of, that makes it really cool to watch too, to be like, Oh, this is like a very like, you know, fuck the Nazis movie. And you're like, it's like, it's got a moment of hope in it that you're like, Oh hell yeah, this is awesome. And then you go and look and you're like, Oh, this was only a few years in. We didn't wow. even really know what was happening. So that, that kind of adds like a lot of tension to it. If you put it in the context of when it came out too. Right. It's like yeah. if doing a movie now about, you know, the <laughs> yeah, pandemic anything. is over. Anything. <laughs> the world didn't end. The world didn't end. Yeah, very the concept cool. of time meaning anything. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did uh, what's his fuck Como? Did his book ever come out about how he beat COVID? Do you guys I remember that? 
Yeah, he's got the book deal. He, I don't, I don't I think, know. pinned and published a book about how he successfully beat COVID. It was like prior to all the sex scandal stuff. Oh yeah. my god! And the nursing home murders bullshit. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's it's we it's interesting with like if you see anything if you watch media about the pandemic aside from the news, it just feels weird. You know, you're like, I don't want to like see this represented in a movie or uh-uh. a TV show. It feels yes. like very odd. But then also, it's so weird because then sometimes you watch stuff that like they made right after the first, you know, when people were first starting to make things again and they thought it would be quote unquote over. So there's not like this gray area that we're living in. There's no masks at all. It's just nothing and nobody yeah. discusses it. And that seems weird too. It's like, Mm-hmm. So I've seen a few things where it's casual and they have masks on and off, but it feels very few people have yeah. addressed how it really is. I don't like, I have to say that like in my fiction, I don't want to see a mask. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you're like, I don't need to deal with this. I can like, I'm inside. I don't want to be thinking about a mask yeah. while I'm inside my yeah. home. Crowd scenes and stuff do kind of stress me out a little bit watching them. Though. Yes. Like, what, yeah. What's, what's happening? What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, also, by the way, I looked it up, and actually on December 21st, so his book did come out, um, and the, but the, uh, the state, New York State Board of Ethics on mm-hmm. December 14th actually, on a 12 to 1 vote, uh, ordered that he has to turn over all proceeds to the book, to wow. the state of New York. Oh my God, I didn't even know so, you could do something like he, that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, there's a law that, you know, criminals can't make money on their mm-hmm. crime. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, like, you can't write the book in jail about the crime and then come out oh, a millionaire interesting yeah well because he got the deal under false pretenses and it's also like you right know, yeah so that that's interesting he's gonna have to turn over five million dollars to uh, the state of new york so hey if you're having a bad 2022 at least you're not uh, <laughs> it could be worse <laughs> great okay, we're gonna take just marinate on that we're gonna take a quick break we'll be, we'll be back <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to Lady to Lady. I'm Brandy. I'm Babs. I'm Tess. I'm Beth. Yes. Well, I should say it. Beth Lapidus because Beth isn't a normal name on the show. Well, it's not not unnormal. It's not not yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're I like the, the fourth formal. the fourth voice. We got the fourth, <laughs> the fourth lady. Yeah, they could this week's fourth lady. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So Beth, we are going to actually uh, play. This isn't even really a game. It's a questionnaire. From mm-hmm. Did you watch Inside the Actor Studio with James Lipton? I have watched it, yes. I've ridden an elevator with him. <gasps> oh. Okay, first we need to talk about that. What was that like? <laughs> Tell us everything about what was the, what You know, was the, I come from a vertically challenged family, so this is not... Uh, <laughs> it's very short. <laughs> uh, he was very to himself, but he mm-hmm. was he was short. He was wow. Like, my grandfather was 4'11 half. So oh he was taller wow. than my grandfather. Yeah. Wow. If you want to talk about Napoleon, Napoleon syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because do you think that's why he was always sitting? No, I think he was sitting because he was a talk show host. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe he was a talk show host because he was short. That's possible. He does give yeah. me. Yeah. That's interesting because he does give me. I don't have tall vibes, but not short vibes. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think the goatee. Gives gives off that really elongates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a good hack for those who are short in the face. <laughs> I just really, 
I just really love how he became. Why the short face? I love it. I love it. So we're gonna do the questionnaire. We're gonna do the questionnaire, the Bernard Pivo apostrophical uh, tool questionnaire. Great. Yes, you're gonna get a chance to do that. Okay. Okay. So Beth, what is your favorite word? Decide. It's not my favorite word. <laughs> I'm required by law to promote my book. <laughs> yeah. Contractually, it's your favorite word as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think, I mean, that is a good word, though. It's It's got action to it. It's, yes. you know, got opinions oh. already. It's like, you know, it makes you feel something when you hear it's it. It's active. It's an active, you know, the word, actually, it's super interesting. The decide, the side part is related to the other side words like homicide and patricide and suicide. suicide. Oh. And it's connected to the idea that, um, of the, the cutting off. And so the idea of decision making and one thing that I do think makes it so hard is we feel in our hearts this idea of a certain kind of killing of the other options. When you decide, the other things are then gone. I mean, you've, mm-hmm. you've made your decision and irrevocably moved towards, you know, something. And so there is a I think that there's a violence to it that um that we don't, you know, it's the modern world and everything's nice and clean and neat. But I, th- I think that that, that violence decision making is one of the things that scares us. That's Ooh, actually really profound. Yeah, like in every decision, there's going to be the one that got away. Exactly. That's why I I've I really struggle with decision making and I'm getting better at it. But I have a very like, I want to do the choose your own adventure thing where you hold the finger in the back where you're like and I can go back if I don't like this one right you know I don't want yeah like I want the option to be able to change it if I need to but that's not well we do get to change our minds also I mean change is probably one of my other favorite words and the opening song to Uncab has this lyric change makes us so unhappy but we have to change to be happy I mean we Mm. cling and and we and it's not that all changes are bad but that the, uh, just changing is so hard for us. We cling, and that's the nature of being human. And it's just so poignant. I mean, being human is so poignant. So, <laughs> like, so we get to change our minds, but we can never go back to that initial. You're at point X. You make a decision. You can change your mind, but you can never go back to that initial time. You're essentially a different person when you change your mind. It's you know. Yeah. Nor yeah. can I think you really get much meaningful done without a certain level of decisiveness. Like, yes, you can change, but there's also I think a lot of importance in committing to something. And yeah. not like once you, ju- if you have the bungee jump cable on, like once you jump off the bridge, don't grab for the bridge. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Horrible idea yeah. to grab that bridge at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think being decisive is a marker of successfulness, but I think there's a certain level of intelligence that resists it because you do want to weigh all the options and you want to mm-hmm. think and you want to know. And I mean, not knowing is... If you can be comfortable with not knowing, that's a sh- that's a huge gift. If you can just say it's time to decide, and I don't really know, but this is a decision. Some people in the book that I talked to really were like that, and they were just like, well, it's time, and you just decide. And some people were like, oi. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oi <laughs> it's, I don't know why it's such a hard thing to grapple. Even something as small as like, you know, I try to meditate, so I'll meditate for like 10 minutes, right? So I'll set a timer. Right. I know my timer is going to go off at 10 minutes. One of the things that I really struggle with when I'm even just meditating is like not checking my timer to see how uh-huh. much time is left. 
Like, can I help you with meditation? Please. Would that be against the oh, show? Like, not at all. <laughs> done, I've done so many different kinds throughout my life. And finally, I think it was seven years ago, a friend of mine became a Vedic meditation teacher. And, and then, you know, and then I was like, okay, we have to, I have to support him. I have to like, but I don't want <laughs> yeah. to, but okay. <laughs> he went all the way to India for six months and I have to let him teach me this thing. Yeah. And, you know, when you do something for someone else, it's often the thing that, you know, ends up being good for you. Well, the, the, the thing about Vedic meditation, which is the same, it's the same as TM, you get given a mantra. So you don't have control over that. It's something you're given. When he gave me my mantra, I cried. I was like, I don't like that mantra. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of someone that I don't want to think of. He was like, well, the fact that you're crying lets me know it is the right mantra for you. I never reminds me of that person. I think there was a resistance to like, you know, if you're a rebel spirit, like just being given something that like, yes. now you have yeah. to have this one. But the greatest thing about it is that you're you have this mantra and that's all you have to do is this mantra you don't have to like go through your chakras you don't have to have like sensory awareness you don't have to like go through 20 things you don't have to think of nothing it's like very specific just and when you stray from the mantra you come back to the mantra and you're going to stray when you fall asleep that's fine it's very forgiving so the idea is remembering in meditation it really has this practice has really been helpful for me and i see myself slowly changing from it um the perfectly imperfect practice and mm -hmm. every time you think you know and nobody is a perfect meditator and i've been able to you know we have like a meditation group and um and so you sort of experience it with other people so checking your time you know, you can't, you just go like, oh, I checked my time, you know, easy. And you do it twice a day for 20 minutes and you never do it twice a day for 20 minutes. Almost never, you know? <laughs> but you're supposed to. So sometimes you do it once a day for 20 minutes. Sometimes you do it twice for 10 minutes. Sometimes you're really on it for a week. I mean, perfectly imperfect. And once you start getting like perfectly imperfect for your meditation practice, it does start to seep out in the rest of your life which I, you, you're, you're all overachievers. I'm sure you have the perfectionist mm -hmm. thing, especially oh, yeah. as women in America. I mean, the perfectionist thing is just so hard to avoid. And mm -hmm. um, the perfectly imperfect practice. And I don't know. So anyway, that's my, you know, that's my meditation experience. Maybe it will help. I love that. I don't know why when, when you were saying talking about mantras, this, this is, I don't know why this popped in my head, but I was like, wouldn't it be funny if your mantra was Paul Blart Mall Cop? And you just said that. <laughs> You just kept saying that over and over again until it, it lost all meaning. I think that is your mantra, Brandy. I There's something weirdly soothing about that to me for some reason. I think you found it. It is, yeah. It, kind of, it already almost isn't words. So. Exactly. Loses feeling immediately. I'm going to try that for a week and get back to you guys. Twice a day. 20 minutes. Twice a day. 20, 20 minutes a day. And I mean, nothing says perfectly imperfect like Paul Blart Mall Call. <laughs> no, <exactly. laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Feels good. Feels good already. <laughs> okay, Beth. What okay. is your least favorite word? Oof. I I do think hate. Like I will always I'll always rewrite a tweet or a letter or I, mm -hmm. I just really I just really feel uncomfortable with the word hate. 
Yeah, it's supercharged yeah. and nasty. And did, did your parents stop you from using that word? No. When you were a kid? No? I don't think so. Maybe. I have a very, I, my memory is faulty. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. I've never, I've never thought about it as a word that much. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of there, but I've never like thought about the use of it or. Yeah. Like, I think we hear about hate speech that never includes the word hate. I mean, people talk mm-hmm. about hate and talk about hating without using the word. But you hear people casually go, oh, God, I hate long movies. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I hate fish. Or I hate, you know, people yeah. will. I hear people casually use it. And I think, wow, that's a very heavy word to use for eye makeup. Uh, (laughs) because also like historically hate is usually unfortunately backed up by an action too so it's like to hate something is to like imply that you would commit violence against it potentially i think so yeah so it's 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 hard to have that like following it up basically yeah and it is really i mean there's some debate you know what's the opposite word to love it's not hate it's fear Mm -hmm. but i think fear is embedded in hate uh, I mm-hmm. mean, you don't really hate things unless you're afraid of, unless they're so distasteful sensually. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to say hate and hate. That's my least favorite word. We'll take it. Yeah. Okay. okay what turns you on? Talking to three ladies. <laughs> <laughs> That's good answer. Yeah. <laughs> we are i mean are we like i you know i don't i guess i don't know every podcast out there but are we like the only one hosted by three ladies who also have usually a lady guest like might be the only might be i feel so happy to be here um (laughs) i don't know i think so i think as far as i think we might be the only show that has four usually four women talking every week i had a radio show for a while and they were always like you know, you can't have a, I couldn't have a female co-host and they, you know, cautioned Mm -hmm. me not to have female guests because, you know, people don't like women's voices. I mean, I was told these things. People don't like women's voices. Oh, you can't tell the, the people won't be able to tell the difference. You sound too much alike to have another woman. I'm talking about pitting women against each other. And then I finally got fired because they hired Kennedy the MTV, remember the MTV? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they hired her, and then they were like, oh, you, we can't have two women on the network. They said that know. to you? Like, they literally said that to you? They literally said wow. it. I mean, the network was also falling apart, and yeah. two weeks after they fired me, uh, it, it ended. Um, but I've been told on on uh, on talk shows, like, oh, we already have a woman on that show. I think it was very common to just people to just say that. Meanwhile, every NPR host sounds like Ira Glass. Every one of them. (laughs) Actively, there's a school for it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it's classical. The classical, it's classical, and you're just gonna hit that glass ceiling. Radio, come on. Classical radio. <laughs> Classical rock. <laughs> oh my That's God. my new favorite word. Yes. You know, I have a friend who was the head imagineer of uh, Disney, who's just recently retired. And um, 
he's he talks about uh, engineering experience, like designing experience, and he's been posting about glass and how glass is this new experience that humans aren't designed to experience. Ooh. Like, hmm. um, you know, the way it reflects actually confuses us because in the world, in the na- natural world, there's nothing like it. Like glass is a very, mm. I don't know why I'm thinking hmm. glassical because of glassical. That's why <laughs> it's a glassical. Wait, so you wait? Did you get any to see any cool like inside Disney yeah. stuff? I haven't actually, but um, he comes to the uncapped zooms. That's how I know him, and oh, cool. he comes oh, cool. to the after parties, and he kind of you know he chats and shares, and he actually does. Um, drawings during it. I have a few drawings of me that he's done, which I treasure. That's been nice. That's, um, that's really so cool. cool. Yeah. Special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just getting to know him a little better. Maybe I'll get it. I'm, I'm a little Disney alert. I don't know. Disneyland yeah. scares me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe through him. Maybe with his eyes, I will... Mm-hmm. I, You know, I'll the be The obsession unscared. can be a, a, a little overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. I went yeah. a few years ago... Um, my boyfriend wanted to go and we went with somebody who's got one of those passes that's, you know, you can get yeah. in front of every line and do everything. And and we started with that ride that's in the dark. I've ne- only been once. When I lived in New York, I came here on tour and everybody said, you've got to go to Disneyland. And I kept saying, but do I? And then, <laughs> <laughs> but nobody said like, we're going to take you to Disneyland. But one day I had nothing to do. And I got on a tour bus to Disneyland because I just didn't, I was a New Yorker and I just didn't know like what to do. I don't know. LA was such a mystery to me when mm-hmm. I first started coming here and I went, but that meant I was also trapped in Disneyland. Yeah. Cause until the tour bus left and I was alone, like you don't see people alone in Disneyland and every ride people would go to me. Are you alone? <laughs> <laughs> single rider, single rider. <laughs> Single, so, so like existential. So when I was kind of <laughs> healing to go back with people, but mm-hmm. that first ride, I forget what it's Space called. Space Mountain. Where, yeah, we mm-hmm. went on that first. So I had no idea. Like all of a sudden, there's no lights. We're going down. <laughs> I I thought it could last for 45 minutes. Like I had no idea. I was like, is this my life now? Is this my life? <laughs> I was screaming. There's one video where we're on like, like I forget what it's called, but it's like outside and it's a very minor roller coastery thing. It's like a coal town or something. Big Thunder Mountain. I think it may be. I don't know, but I'm our friend is sitting in front of us and I'm screaming so loud. (laughs) I can watch that any time of the day or night and laugh. I mean. We might need to see. We might need to put this on the Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I'll like find it. I'll dig it. it out for you. That's amazing. <laughs> I feel we're never going to get through this questionnaire. That's all right. Oh, it doesn't. Right. Okay, but I just have. Come off I have. I'm. I am a child of divorce who grew up in Southern California, so I know Disneyland very well. Mm-hmm. My, t- <laughs> my two tips for Disneyland are: you got to get a Dole Whip. Did you get a Dole Whip? Uh uh-uh. uh Okay, it's by the Tiki Room, which is like. Do you know what the Tiki Room is? Uh-uh. It's this little, like, it's not a ride. It's just a room you sit in that was built in, like, the 60s. And a bunch of 60s animatronic parrots sing at you. 
Oh, wow. It's, See, I would have liked it's that. It's lovely. It's lovely. Yeah. It's, it's nice and relaxing. And then you get a Dole Whip, which is like this pineapple soft serve. It's like really good on a hot day. Oh, my God. That sounds great. Yeah. See, I would have loved your Disneyland. That's, <laughs> I'm about all that. Yeah, yeah you got to go with the right people. I think yeah. that's always key. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've, last time I, I went with somebody and our whole goal was to get a Dole Whip and we got there right when it closed. It was so <gasps> depressing. Oh, so sad. <laughs> I feel if I went with the three of you, I would have had a very I think good so. <laughs> I think so. We would have fun. My, yeah. my, my Disney rule is I don't go to Disney unless somebody else has paid for it mm. because then the, the pressure is off. I've had oh. it happen because it, it's so expensive that I feel like I would just be like, oh, we got to do more to get it. But I've had... Yeah it's, yeah, it's tough to not have that, like, I have to fit everything in type of feeling. Yeah. 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 yeah so I've, I've had it happen twice where, like, two people, like, one person had a family that worked at Disney, so we got in for free, and then another mm. person was like, I want to go for a birthday. I'm taking you. And I was like, all, all, all right. right. Cool. All right. <laughs> so, I got to the point yeah. where they kept going, we have to go on this one, and I would go, mm, do we, though? <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, you can, you go on. Let's just be here. I'll take pictures. It's so great. You go on that Ferris wheel in the sky. Yeah. I just like watching the families at the end of the day with like oh. a toddler and a stroller oh. screaming because oh. they just can't. They've seen too much. They've seen too much. <laughs> One of the most much, embarrassing moments of my childhood was at Disneyland. And it, I was that toddler. And I remember I was really tired. And I went, Dad. And I leaned into what I thought was my dad. Nope. And was actually a stranger. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's scary. Yeah, my old, my old roommate used to go there all the time, Dave. And I think we... I don't know if he and I started this blog or he, he did a blog called sleep. My sleepy day at Disney it was just pictures of people sleeping. <laughs> Cause like so many people just pass out at some point at the park. That's so funny. And creepy in retrospect. Yes. Yeah. But, yes. So. Okay. Fine. One more. Let's do one more. Okay. Um, let's see what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I don't even know if this is true, but every time I heard it on that, on, in the original version, I always thought florist. Oh, oh yeah. And I mean, okay. if it was nothing in the actual arts, like a different corner of the arts, I would just say, yeah, I, I'm I'm excluding like, oh, now I'm a painter, or you know, maybe right, I became right. a movie star. Um, yeah, yeah, florist, yeah. florist. What well, can you imagine spending your day around flowers? How about could it be? That sounds. Li- yeah. I have to tell you, it smells nice. If you love flowers, oh god, I'm going to forget the name of it. But I found this coffee shop in New York City that mm-hmm. is a coffee shop in a florist. It's like the oh. coolest thing. I, yeah, I wish I remember the name of it. But like, there's you- one here called Bloom and Plume Cafe. Oh, that that's that nice. Too. Also, read. I don't even know if it's still there. Rita Flora on um, La Brea. It was near the La Brea Bakery. I don't think it's there anymore. But they also, mm. I think, had coffee in the flower mm. shop. How nice. So That's soothing, nice, right? It's such a nice yeah. smell. And I like watching yeah. people put together floral arrangements. Yeah, and I like, like, over the last 10 years, the ways that florists have evolved. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of cool, you know, it's just like it's a little different. It's not your old, like, kind of stuffy no bouquets or anything there's mm-hmm. like a lot of different things going different on. things going and also there's you know sustainable flower stuff happening mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the smells and i mean it's just to have fresh flat i i know people who are like i i can't watch i can't have flowers because they just die and i'm like have you met life i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> i hate to break it to you you're gonna die yeah i mean you know you i just say met life 
<laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> to me, flowers are like fruit you can look at. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, I like that. They are that. I mean, in some ways, <laughs> that, that is what fruits yeah. and flowers. And also, I mean, people tend to get flowers in emotional times. Either they're in love or they're, you know, a bouquet for an occasion. Or So it's sort of like the bigness of life also because I think you're meeting people. I mean, maybe it's just they're going to a dinner. Remember when we went to dinners at people's houses? Um, mm. I always try to have orchids at the house. You know, I always even those Trader Joe orchids. Yeah, I feel like it's oh, a nice, nice little treat for yourself. I, I love an orchid because an orchid dies and then, you know, you keep watering it. And then I have an orchid right over there. That's on its fourth bloom. Wow. wow. That's mm-hmm. impressive. So patience. So That's... you get like the patience thing with orchids. So it's like, all right, right now you've got nothing, but you will. You will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to trust. That Damn, lots back. of life lessons here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot Absolutely. of life lessons. Although I... I've got another two orchids right there that are have nothing and I think they're going to get thrown away. I think they're <laughs> <laughs> I don't they're, think dead. they're dead. They're dead. Yeah, I think their day has come. <laughs> See, it all comes down to the decision. Do you keep this orchid or do you toss it? There you go. <laughs> Life, it's just every minute. You know, supposedly we make like 35,000 decisions a day. You know, you Google it and it's like 128,000. It's like, okay, that's a super specific number. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's like tallying this up? Like, how was that being calculated? I kept thinking, like, do they count? Like, you're going to move the toothbrush from one side of your mouth to the next. I mean, it is must- that it must yeah. be involving that too yeah. Yeah. yeah is it like every word that you're saying is technically a decision I guess as well it is like, I guess. that's right I mean writers I mean we have the mm-hmm. I mean we have jobs that where you're literally making a decision every single word is mm-hmm. is just what you yeah. just said so I think that's why you know when you're sitting and writing you do have this kind of exhaustion where sometimes I'll get accused of not being mindful in the kitchen in my home <laughs> and uh, <laughs> not paying attention mindful to, what is that yeah, not paying attention to details in the kitchen okay. leaving lids open and things and finally I just said it is true it is 100% true I know what I make decisions all day long I sit and I'm making decision word after word and when I'm in the kitchen what I want to do is not make one I'm not mindful I want to just check out if I yeah. never had to cook again I would just be that'd be the happiest You yeah I'm ready to never cook again. Yeah, I kind of am getting there too. I used to love it, but after the pandemic, I'm kind of like, you know what? If Amazon could just drone me some frozen pizzas every night, that would be fine. (laughs) Why is is pizza so great? I had that the other day. I was like, why could we eat it every... What is it about pizza that makes it so great? We got carbs. We got salt. (laughs) We got cheese. We got sugar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We got a triangle. Spicy. We got yeah. a triangle. I think yeah. it's partly the journey from the point to the broad thing, too. Mm-hmm. I think there's such a journey in a, in a slice of pizza. If it's square, if you say to me, here's a square piece of pizza, am I interested? I don't know if I am. Oh, I, I love it. You, you, prefer, you, you really? a square piece of pizza? Better than oh, triangle? No. I'm not saying better, but I but I it's okay. enjoy it. I'm yeah, going to yeah. try it. You know what? Next time I have pizza, I'm going to cut a square, and I'm going to see, like, is it the shape? It might be. Well, it's also pizza is also somebody. How many times in life is somebody just bringing you a perfect thing that you're like, yes, this is what I wanted. (laughs) Yeah. It's just such a clean, perfect little transaction. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It seems also one of those things that like there's not a bad one. Like the worse it is, the better it is. Like, sure, it's bad. But that's just. Yeah. Yeah, It could be great pizza. 
Yeah. yeah. But it, and it could be the perfect pizza and that's the sometimes even a great pizza is too much. It's like, you know what? Yeah, it's yeah. Just a pizza. Why did you try so hard? You know, if you go to a restaurant and it's like, oh my God, and it has the most amazing pizza and then there's all this other food, it's like you're not gonna get the pizza. No, if I'm at a fancy restaurant, I yeah, exactly. I kind of feel the same way about the other perfect invention of all time, which is coffee. Yeah. It can like shitty coffee is sometimes exactly what you need sometimes. Like it doesn't always need to be I've never yeah, met coffee. Most I didn't artisanal. Like. No. no. But I do love good coffee, but sometimes yeah. I have a, a Starbucks dump. habit, and I'll admit it. It's fine. Uh, I mean, maybe we like the taste of burnt cigarettes. That's fine. We do. Don't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love a Dunkin' on the road. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. We're going to go get some coffee, and we will be right back. Where are we catching you out in your uh, your press tour of everything, Beth? Um, hard to say. How long is it going to go? There's some more stuff. It's not the very beginning. This is the most fun I've had anywhere. Um, <laughs> thank you. And uh, the vulture piece they... was great. Oh, thank you. Okay. He was. I mean, he is really so smart about comedy, and it was mm-hmm. a pleasure to to do a deep dive with him about it. But it was also like. Okay, this is like an essay <laughs> intense, test, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whew. and then yeah. So I've done a bunch of fun ones, and um, they're still coming out, and done some serious ones. And but you guys have a really great uh, sense of like fooling around, but also it's about something at the same time. That's very Thank well you. done. Thank you. Thank it's you. It's a pleasure. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. We try to get to that lighthearted fluff. Lighthearted, but comedy. with substance. Exactly. Like, you know. Yeah. You are the pizza of podcasts. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. We have it recorded. It feels so good. Thank you. <laughs> we'll just say we're back because we need to have that. Yes. yes. We need to hear that. <laughs> Hot and ready. Um, Here we are. <laughs> so let's do some lady problems, Please. y'all. Uh, if you will have one, you can write to us at ladytoladycomedy at gmail.com. Also, you can give us a phone call at 323-6-30-LADY-PROBLEMS-LADY-PROBLEMS-LADY-PROBLEMS-LADY-PROBLEMS-LADY-PROBLEMS-LADY-PROBLEMS-LADY-PROBLEMS-LADY-PROBLEM
you know, when she calls me, it's usually about some problem she has. And then I help her with it. And then, like, that's the whole conversation. It's just me helping her out. And then, I don't know, whenever I want emotional support or just to talk about things, she, like, doesn't have the time or doesn't answer or just makes it about her and then changes the subject. And I don't know, I was watching this YouTube video where somebody was talking about the same situation. She was like, I just stopped calling. And then they never called me back. And that's how our friendship ended. And so basically, I'm wondering, like, with my one friend, it's like she's too busy to maintain, you know, an intense friendship. But with my other friend, I don't know. She just seems to have dropped me. So I'm just wondering, should I put energy into this relationship or should I just let it die even though we've been friends for 10 years anyway thanks ladies oh I'm sorry it fucking sucks it's hard with two at once especially you know because it's like two different situations yeah um okay so in terms of this one friend who's blowing you off unfortunately I do think this friendship is one that you need to kind of like let go of and yeah. just go through that for grieving sure. process for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. this is just what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. It's so mm-hmm. painful and it's so hard to talk about and it hurts so much. It really is a breakup and um we don't have language for it. I mean, friend doesn't usually call and go like, "We have to, you know, it's not you, yeah. it's me." And, you know, yeah. they just don't call you back and it just feels so Yeah, it's so hard cuz yeah, it doesn't have those 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 strict lines that a romantic one does where it's like Mm -hmm. we're we're together or we're not i have a little advice which is you know that's a lot of pressure on this other person i mean if you look at you know you always have to go well i mean when a friendship is having trouble you have to look at your own part in it and uh that's always hard Mm -hmm. and i'd say it might be a lot of pressure for this other woman to have or call her have just she's her friend she's like the friend and if there were i would just say for now just it's a for now thing like you don't have to end the friendship the friendship's not over it's not like she's never calling she obviously i mean one sentence to say is well she she values my opinion she calls when she has a problem that is mm-hmm. one level of friendship so you know part of it might be expanding her horizons and meeting other people and really making an effort to have new friends and once there's more life there the other friend that friendship might change and evolve i would say don't end it but just you know move forward and expand yeah putting your energy in other places i think yeah. i think is important cuz it's like you know i mean have people that growing up were my best friends and it's like we're still close but they aren't we don't talk anywhere near as much as we used to i think just cuz like you're you can't make new old friends but like also i think that can also kind of arrest you in your development just to be like oh you we only we have these this is how we know each other is this things that happened like when we were younger and stuff and and we do still grow and we do go through things and we just change as as people and that those people can go apart and become more selfish and have other interests and all sorts of you know just become different and it's hard to i think keep relating in the same way that you always did when you're just different people well you know they have that there's that saying a reason a season or a lifetime 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a season. You have to write it out and see. You, when they teach you to spell friends, I don't know if you ever heard this. It was like friend to the, to remember the I and the E. It's friend to the end. So, and I do <laughs> <laughs> morbid. I like it. <laughs> and I think we kind of have that feeling, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I've had some friends, not since, I don't have any high school friends. Yeah, I do. But, you know, you want to keep, you, you keep changing and you need new friends. And I, I hear it in this woman's voice. It has to do with her changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think the red flag for me was these conversations that this other person is, is where it's really one-sided and they're just talking about themselves. Yeah. That's why I, I would really advise some distance away from this person. And, and maybe they will kind of develop a little bit as a person and you'll be able to kind of meet back up later down the road. But personally, in all the relationships I've had where I've started to notice that happening, where it is becoming kind of one-sided and I'm not getting any of my needs met, always down the road I've realized that's a situation I should have cut out of sooner. Yeah. Because it, it, the likelihood of that becoming like a mutual, a mutually beneficial relationship, I think is is pretty low. I think this yeah. is one of the things about, you know, living through this COVID era. It's just harder to be meeting people and expanding and finding mm-hmm. the new friends. So it's a particularly poignant situation. Um, yeah, we've definitely, you know, we we get a question quite often about like, how do I make friends as an adult, especially during this time of COVID? So mm-hmm. that's definitely challenging. But, you know, we've talked about it before. You just kind of have to try to go out of your comfort zone and try yeah. to like mm-hmm. put yourself around people who are interested in the same things as you and just go from there because, you know, yeah. it doesn't sound like it's, yeah, it's coming to you from this old friendship. And as far as the friend who's, you know, had a few kids that is really tough. I mean, it sounds like you do good at trying to stay in communication, but you know, I would pick up like the slack there as far as being the one who's reaching out just because she's going to be so busy. She's not going to be thinking about that. So trying to yeah. reach out to her, trying to like, you know, understand that she's busy, but, but be there kind of like saying, and maybe hi. be helpful. I mean, she's, if she's mm-hmm. got kids, she needs help and maybe mm-hmm. try to be more helpful and less needy. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point because especially, you know, I think a lot of my mom friends are really grateful to have adult company and really appreciate and but they might not be able to just meet you for lunch because they got a bunch of babies at home. But like, maybe you can go over to their house. Yeah, help out with a couple of the kids, give the kids a couple snacks and then just shoot the shit with her, even if it's only for like an hour or something. I think she said she moved out of well, maybe go do like there. a weekend visit or something so that you're yeah. scratching that itch. Send, a, send, send some, you know, auntie gifts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, new moms, especially with three. I can't imagine with three kids, but it's Ugh. like you, you can't see the forest for the trees. You're kind of just in reactive mode to, to everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can't imagine how many decisions you're making for four different people. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly, probably five people. <laughs> you know, so there's like a lot of just fatigue in a million different ways, too. And it seems like you're not taking that one as, as personally, which I think is right. Like you just sometimes your friends have kids and like they kind of, you know, they disappear for a little bit because they, but you can, you know, as you stay in touch, but it's like a different, a different thing just for a while. Yeah. It's just hard to predict. Like, you know, one of my best mm-hmm. friends has a one-year-old now and, and when we tried to make plans and they kept, they fell through many times because, you know, yeah. she's a parent, shit happens. So you just have to be understanding of that and, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. take it when it comes. I think the important thing is like, try not to maintain a friendship or, or a relationship or anything that makes you feel bad. Yeah. You know, Yes. You know, if, if it's if it's something that is like undermining your confidence or just making you feel bad, like that's not listen to that 
that instinct that's like you know it's, it's a, your your friend that doesn't have kids it sounds like they're like affecting your confidence and it's like no you're you are great like <laughs> well know. there is i would also just say well finally mm-hmm. i mean has she tried to talk to her and say mm-hmm. li- not yeah. just call and say like hey why you know but literally say i feel like there might be something off has there something i've done or something i've done to upset you or mm-hmm. and actually try to have a conversation because maybe there yeah. is something yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely worth that. And maybe it's also like you guys still live kind of close to each other. It sounds like maybe it's like you just have like a set twice a month. You guys get dinner or something mm-hmm. like that's just, you know, draw your boundaries around when you when you feel good seeing mm-hmm. her or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as far as making other friends, you know, lately I've been like thinking about random people. I'm like, oh, I should see if they want to get coffee. And like I've been just hitting up people a little bit more randomly to mm-hmm. you know because finally people are starting to kind of go out and do stuff and mm-hmm. just you know i feel like everyone likes to yeah. hear that everyone likes to be like oh this that's cool they're thinking of me so if there's some people yeah. in your life or your associates with or you sort of know and thought like you know i'd always want to hang out with them just give it a shot because i, I well. love that I, yeah you know? i've done the same thing since covid so mm-hmm. for sure and some people don't and some people do yeah. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have like this organic jumping off point to be like, hey, I'm kind of ready to get, you know, this madness seems to be dying down a little bit. I'm feeling a little bit more safe. I'm kind of like feeling like I want to socialize. Would you want to go grab coffee? I've said that to people. Like, yeah, I'm really like needing to hang out. Would you want to just get lunch? You know, and, and yeah. I think a lot of people are feeling that way. So, yeah, I think yeah. that's a great instinct. Like anyone who you maybe have more of a um, not a friendship relationship, but what? Oh my God, you guys, I'm brain farting right Associate? now. Acquaintance. Acquaintance, thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, not a friend, you know what I mean? The, uh, the, uh, <laughs> Maybe that's your least favorite word, acquaintance. <laughs> it kind of might be. It might be. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Don't be shy about hitting up an acquaintance to hang out. Yeah, there's so many people who I think I like think about, and especially with comedy, but you know, we all meet a decent amount of people in our lives. And like, I think like, it's so interesting that I, I just because of the circumstances, like you and I would probably be very close, but we just didn't weren't around each other enough, mm-hmm. you know, to form yeah. that similar bond. And so there's mm-hmm. so many people, I think like in another lifetime, we would be really close. We just didn't happen to be around each other that much. So mm-hmm. if there's any people like that, you feel like, Oh, you know, I always thought that they were really cool. Like just follow not? your instinct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's do one more. Any last thoughts? We'll I, think, oh, I think we solved it. Yeah, we solved you got, it. Solved you got it. this. We love you. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a good, a good associated one, I think. Okay. Hi, ladies. I love you all so much. Um, I have a lady problem for y'all. Uh, I am 28, and I've been single for probably like four or five years, and I've been really struggling with dating. Um, I really want a relationship and I've been stuck in these kind of um, like situationships where I'm with guys for about like, you know, four to even like eight months and um, we're, we're just dating, having fun. And when I try to like define the relationship or put a label on what we're doing, they kind of like pull away. They'll ghost me or they'll say, you know, they don't want a relationship, but they want to continue to do the sort of relationship the activities, the date nights, like fucking every day. Um, so I'm just wondering like where where do you meet guys or where do you 
I guess, what are the green flags that you look for uh, in guys? And to, to see that they're, like, actually interested in you and not just, like, wanting to fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's just, it's been really hard on the self-esteem. <laughs> not trying to say, like, oh, I'm so hot and everyone wants me, but, like, it does feel like I'm just wanted for the physical parts of the relationship and nothing else. And it just hurts really bad. Um, so, so what, what do you all suggest? What do you look for? Um, what did you see in your men that you were like, okay, this is, this is a relationship where someone actually really wants to get to know me. They really like me for who I am. Um, yeah. Any advice would be great. Thank you. Okay. I, I think I was thinking green flags with, friends but this is dating but yeah oh man yeah i mean we talk about this all the time but you know it's i mean it's i will i relate so much to the like feeling like someone only likes you for sex or for your body or whatever it's so frustrating when you feel that that's all that someone gives a shit about because it's just like it's yeah it's just fucking depressing like there's no way around it and it can be so easy to get duped like the guys that are yes. just using you for sex they they have their little bag of tricks they use oh my god they're so good at it that's what yeah. so fucking sucks is these guys they will play the game they will pretend they are interested for this and that and then like as soon as they start getting sex that's they either discard you or that's all they use you for, you know? Mm -hmm. I was thinking when the first thing that popped in my mind, I remember like when I was first dating Sean, we were at dinner and he asked me about my grandparents, which like, I don't think any guy I had ever been with before had ever like early on asked me about my grandparents. Cause it was like, it's such a specific thing that is like, it's nothing to do with like my work or anything that you can like superficially understand about me. And I was like, Oh, this person like actually really wants to know really about my life story and really like this mm -hmm. and really is interested in getting to know me as a person. And that was kind of like one of the first things where I was like, Oh, this guy really likes me. I don't know why, but no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just getting that like really like truly wanting to know who you are and what makes you up. Yeah. Any questions? Yeah. I also would say mm -hmm. the questions like, just yeah. it could be grandparents it could be like you know why don't you have enough girlfriends or you know yeah whatever <laughs> you know, whatever it is it's like they noticed something mm -hmm. about you that you might not even have noticed about yourself like they're observant of you and are reflecting you back and um and also, I would say also my own side of the street questions again, like, mm -hmm. are, what are you interested about them? I mean, are they fulfilling a fantasy for you? Mm -hmm. Are they just, you know, or is, are they someone that you are really interested in? Like, actually really interested in them and who they are in their heart and soul? Mm. Like, because mm -hmm. yeah. usually it's reciprocal. I think as quick as you can get past the small talk stuff, because it is like those questions like Ugh. Sean, Sean asking about your grandparents also implies that he values grandparents too. Yes. You know, it's yeah. like the questions that they ask show their own values in, yes. in that stuff as well. And it's like, I mean, I, I haven't done a lot of dating apps. I've been in, you know, a, a couple of long-term relationships pretty quick back to back. But like, I feel like if you want to be in a relationship, you need to, maybe this is wrong put out that you want to be in a fucking relationship like i'm not dating casually i'm not here for that looking for this is what i'm looking for 
Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe you don't jump into bed. Also tough because people no, yeah. get because you saying that is like somebody's like, well, okay, we just met, so calm the fuck down. You know? No, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, not not like not to like dive into something, but just like if you like if this works or whatever, it doesn't. But like, I, let's let's see if we like each other with intention. Did you say that you pretty know? early on with Rick that you were like, I'm looking for yeah. something serious? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, we also just like immediately started talking for like 10 hours a day like it was just a very like i want to know everything. yeah you were serious like yeah yeah. we wanted to know everything about each other almost immediately like it just was this like oh who are you like you're supposed to be in my life somehow so it just felt very very it just felt intense very quickly right i mean i think that's the thing with it's the the struggle is yeah you want to put out there that you want something serious people tend to get scared of that obviously Mm -hmm. you're hopefully with somebody who is not yeah. scared of that mm-hmm. but also with the questions things guys can dupe that with that is how they yeah. you know i know they pretend that they're interested i know to that level so it's like mm. it, you can do everything fucking right you could follow all these things and they will still mm-hmm. turn around and do that you know i happened yeah. to me multiple times i remember god just i'm thinking very specific examples where these guys said like i want something you know even if yeah. it was like i'm polyamorous but i still want like something serious yeah but mm-hmm. they would still fucking do this shit to me and then i would mm-hmm. give it up and then they would immediately stop you know communicating or whatever mm-hmm. so it's just it's so hard because you can think that you are on the same page and yeah. then it can yes. just go away it sounds like know? she also has stayed for too long like mm-hmm. okay you know once you know that about somebody yeah. And I love the the talking too. I mean, is it somebody you can stay on? I mean, I know the phone is like we don't, but mm-hmm. you know, can you talk to this person on the phone for ten hours? I mean, could yeah. that be? <laughs> I mean, is that a thing that you know? Mm-hmm. If it's really happening with somebody, there's going to be phone calls. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Phone calls are a green flag. I would say yes. phone calls are definitely yeah. huge a green flag. flag. Huge. Gr- <laughs> huge this green is flag. a green flag. I think particularly when you're twenties, not necessarily that a guy is into you, but. I would really, especially young people, when you're looking at a partner, don't look at where they are now, but look at like how they approach their life. Because like, again, with Sean, like he was dating somebody, I was friends with him before we got together and he was dating a girl that I was friends with that, a friend of that girl's. And she was talking about Sean, like, yeah, he doesn't have a car. His job is just like, whatever. And I was like, oh my God, Sean is such a hard worker. Who cares that he doesn't have a car? Who cares that he doesn't have a great, like he's going, and I knew that because I knew who he was as a person. So I would really caution you, especially when you're young, not to write someone off because of where they are. If they have the kind of like personality where they, it seems like they're stagnant and they're not moving forward. That's one thing, but yeah. So that's another green flag that I just remember like early on from Sean. It's like, he's a hard worker. So it doesn't really matter like what he has now. I know that he's going mm, places. Yeah. He's busting yeah, a I mean. I think like if you, you know, are putting out there, like we said, that you want something serious, that obviously does make a big difference. And once you find that out with these things, kind of cutting them off, you know, I met Adam on OkCupid and I have done a lot of online dating, right? So I know how to read someone's fucking profile. And there's a lot of guys who will say that that's what they want, but also they're a little bit they just want that with anybody. You know what I mean? They're like too yeah. desperate. And you're like, uh, I, you can kind of tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can just kind of, once you read like enough of these things, you can really get a good sense of who someone is, you know? Mm-hmm. And Adams was just, it really spoke to me. He was so genuine. He was so genuine about who he was and what he wanted in a partner, 
you know? And I just really was like, wow, I, I really just like how this guy's putting himself out there. And even though obviously, you know, online dating's like a fucking crapshoot like anything else is, you can, I think, really get to know who someone is by the way that they kind of like portray themselves on these things. So if if you are looking to be serious and you haven't really considered that, I would definitely give that a shot because I do think people are able to be more straightforward with what they want on a dating app than just meeting someone in person. It's kind of awkward to be like, do you want something serious? You know, mm-hmm. but on there they can say literally like I'm looking for, you know, a partner. So it can kind of be nice because you know what each other's looking for. And then you see if the chemistry's there, you know. And also, will you all take your lives seriously? And I would just ask the caller if she's taking the rest of her life seriously. I mean, maybe they're not, she's not being taken seriously because she's not taking herself seriously. Mm-hmm. What is she bringing mm-hmm. to the table? How mm-hmm. seriously is she taking her life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. And are you maintaining the boundary, your own boundaries of self within mm-hmm. a relationship? Yeah. I yeah. think that sometimes a guy can like be into somebody and then if they they can lose themselves and kind of just become like, well, I'm just the girl that's here. I'm just waiting for this guy to take me seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's never no, going to happen. No, mm-hmm. it won't. Ha- it won't happen. And then there's also the when there's a loss of sense of self, I think it's also just like not. Um, it's not it's not it, it's not good for you. It's also not attractive for somebody that like was in, was into you. So it's also like if you do want to maintain something also, are you are are you going on actual real fucking dates? that's a part of of whether or not you're working towards a relationship or not too yeah you were actually putting time into like learning and growing and seeing cool things together and it's not just like a six-month booty call yeah yeah six-month booty calls and this is how they do it and as we're talking i'm like this is all fine and game but exactly babs it's the ones that pursue you the hardest yeah the ones that act the most into you the ones that really fucking pull out all the tricks that then Mm -hmm completely bait and switch you and you're already in too deep the oxytocin is already coursing through your veins you got all your chips on the table and you're not gonna walk away empty-handed and that is a fucking that's actually a huge challenge to actually walk away from a situation like that and i think the best way that you can equip yourself to know when it's time to walk away and to actually walk away is like again we've said it a lot of times on the show but like be as happy and comfortable as possible alone be mm-hmm. as content alone as possible because that gives you so much power. If mm-hmm. it's like I'm only going to be with this person because they are making my life better, but you're fine without, like you're fine, you know, what's the share? <sighs> the share has the best quote about this. Oh, yeah. Says, men are like dessert. Men are like dessert. I love dessert. Oh, mm. I love dessert. But I don't need dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think like, you know, and we said, you'll know when they are, you're not sitting by the phone waiting for them to text back. You know what I mean? It'll, it'll happen and you'll know. But until then, you just have to kind of trust yourself to, to be okay leaving when when you're not getting what you need. And I'm sorry. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> and, and make sure that your calendar is not just based around them too. Like mm-hmm. even if they, you do find the one, like there's other shit that you're doing with other people. Because, yeah, of course. You know, you having a fulfilling life because also that gives you things to talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's an, it's important to not just like this person becomes like the pinnacle of all the shit that you're doing or whatever. You so. got this. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Beth, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. (laughs) Tell everyone where they can find you online and where they can find your book and all that fun stuff. All right. Um, My book, So You Need to Decide, is an original audio book, so you can find it everywhere you get your audio books. That would be Audible and Apple and Libro and I think, you know, I think. I don't have to name the other places. Uh, you can go to my website, BethLapidus.com. You can find me on uh, social medias. Uh, the Instagram name is Beth underscore Lapidus. That is one of the worst decisions I ever made. Uh, but there you have it. At Twitter, I'm just Beth Lapidus. And, um, and that and on Cabaret.com, you can find me on the Zooms. Uh, uh, wherever you are in the world, in Los Angeles, we've started live shows again. Then we took an Omicron break and we'll be back. But anyway, the book, So You Need to Decide, and it has all sorts of uh, all sorts of people in it, Meryl Marco, Bob Odenkirk, Margaret Cho, um, all, many people that you'll want to hear their stories as well as my own story, and it's all quilted together in over eight hours of helpful, funny, and one thing I have heard and I was surprised to hear, comforting. Very mm, comforting, oh, this book. Very nice. I would never have nice. predicted that. I was doing one podcast and the um, tech guy was in India and he said, oh, this book is very comforting. And I was like, oh my God, that's so like lovely. Across the world <laughs> from a 20-year-old boy. So anyway, I hope it's helpful. I think it's helpful and um, you can ask where you can find it. Hell yeah. Awesome. Great. We'll see you guys play. next week. Well, so much fun. I, if you ever, uh, yeah, have me back. It was fun to play with you. We would love to. Yeah, thanks, ladies. This was awesome. <laughs> three, two, three, six, but 30. It's six, but 30 somewhere. So this is really important. So my ex recently fucked her boss, which I was like, well, okay, but whatever. Um, so she left her fish here, which is a really pretty goldfish, but he looks exactly like Steve Buscemi. So my roommate and I today got really fucking high and we listed him on eBay for $10,000. Now, what if we did this instead? We rent him out for birthday parties, me in a trench coat. I open my trench coat, goldfish swimming in this tiny aquarium in my trench coat. I translate for the fish. He whispers in my ears so you don't have to see his mouth move. Yeah. I have been thinking about this for weeks since I heard the episode, but when I was about three years old, I think, my mom went to a Dave Matthews concert way back in the 90s, and I remember she had her disposable camera, got her pictures developed, we were looking through everything, and there was one picture of her holding up a balloon and a beer. Now, as a three-year-old, all the way until really recently when I heard your episode, I always assumed that they were just fucking partying, balloons, concerts, sounds like a plan. And it literally took till I heard your episode that I realized my mom was hopping nitrous at a concert. It is the best thing that I've ever learned. I have yet to say anything to her about it, but it has made me so happy for weeks. So thank you. So bye.